and uh, the dean of emergency room he came he comes out and he was like what's happening with you you just knew and all this and it's like yeah and then he just told me like if you want to learn anything i don't mind for you to kill a patient but <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the first episode of the Crossroads Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Wadrinsky, and co-host, Yazan Katona, but I'm stuck doing the intro. This podcast takes place at the Sublet Inn in Chicago, which is a house shared with up to 15 people from all over the world looking for a temporary stay in Chicago. Mostly it's just students, interns, young professionals, and this podcast is an informal sit-down to share our stories of the road that all led us to this house. Now, first up, we got Vicki Karthik, a medical student, one of the first roommates of the house, actually. And you could almost say he's a founding father, and absolutely the first person I gravitated in the house when I first got here. Uh, good times were had, but uh, unfortunately, he left a few weeks ago, and he is sorely missed. So, without further ado, episode one with Vicki Karthik here at the Crossroads. to the island and do it because again warmer weather beaches and yeah. I had like a lot of friends too and then you came there. back in February or like March or something right? oh uh, yeah end of, end of February yeah what did you mean by the island sorry you, oh. li- you live on an island are you king, <laughs> a, king of an island is that what I'm getting at? <laughs> no, no I did my med school on the island it's called St. Lucia it's uh, one of the Caribbean islands oh nice so yeah my two years first two years of my med school were there yeah, um, I, I had two other friends too that were like that as well. Is that like they were in the Caribbean? where they went to the Caribbean for their medical school? Yeah. I don't know if that's a are or most of them foreign uh, students. I'm assuming. Actually, it is a pretty big thing now. I would say because uh, you don't need to have an undergrad degree to start your med school in the Caribbean, oh. and you don't need like oh GRE, GMAT, all this kind of other tests that you take before you go into med school, and. Most of the time, there's 100% acceptance rate. Like, you know, Caribbean is always about, like, making money. Yeah. And they will make money regardless of what happens, so. But you have to have the money it's, to go yeah. there, right? Is oh, it pretty yeah. expensive, it is, it is, um, I wouldn't say it's as expensive as it is in the U.S., but uh, since I transitioned from the Caribbean to the U.S. in the halfway, I would say just for the... It's like half the rate of what you would go to school in the U.S., I would say that much. Yeah, That's a good deal, if you think about it. Yeah, I mean, but you don't get the finance. Like, does it still transfer pays. as like an actual degree in America, though? Like, uh, No, that's one thing about America is uh, regardless of where you do your school, whether you do it in America or like elsewhere in the world, for medicine at least, I'm talking about oh, medicine. Okay. So as long as your school is recognized, you everyone gives an exam regardless of whether you're from America or wherever, like from the Caribbean or even from India, to be honest. Mm-hmm. 
So you there's a threefold exam and the second one is like it has a practical and a theory part. So it's just like a computer exam, which is awfully long and awfully hard for no reason. You took it. What? Huh? You took it. I took the first part. Yes. Oh, how'd you do? Actually, I did better than most of the Americans were. I'm <laughs> pretty, <laughs> pretty happy with that. Oh, you didn't think you were going to do it? Come on. Yeah, I mean, but it Actually, seems like I, it comes I, easy to you, though. I will say, I've never seen you study, though. Yeah. Uh, yeah, dude, exactly. that's one thing with me is like when I actually mean that I'm going to work or I'm going to read, I spend that amount of time in reading. I wouldn't do anything else. Like, you know. You're focused. Yeah. So you as like long as I would reason. say, I mean, over this, even uh, the late, I mean, the early spring till like now that I've been in and I've been like reading. So as far as I go on, go into my work, I just read. So I don't. Like deviate from my studies or anything as such. As long as I think I could put in like a valid six to seven hours a day, when I'm actually working, working, yeah. I wouldn't see there's a point for me to come back home and read. And I think that's a huge problem for us because it's like, yeah, you could be at the library for eight hours, but then like four of the hours you're on Facebook or something like that. You know, it melts I mean? like, together. Yeah, it does melt like together. It's like I can never do any work in the house itself. Yeah, like like. Uh, I'm so used to not like goofing off and whatever, doing whatever in my room that I just don't focus. Oh, it's. I think. Do you it's lock just... yourself in a room when you're doing this? Or are you in the library? Oh, no, 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 no. Actually, I was also working part time this time. Like working in the sense, like I had to uh, kind of like teach the people who were still in the, giving the first exam, which I already completed. You're a okay. teacher? Wow. You're a either. professor. Oh, yeah, he was. Yeah. yeah. I even got into a lawsuit because of that. Don't talk to me. Oh, no, 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 I got no, sued. What? This was, this was when. Uh, the school did? Or you, you did? Were, you were practicing during that. Lawsuit. No, 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 no. I, I haven't been like in a hospital for long. Like, um, I've been in like one for like two days in this whole year because one summer was for an adoption, the other was just like me visiting my doctors and shit. Alright, all right. how did you get. Loss. How did this lawsuit come about? You have to talk about it. So, the part of my work also like uh, demands me to like you know have a group discussion with people where uh, I just give them like a question or a scenario. I would put it in that way, and uh, they have to give some better responses. Given the fact of what's the cases, they have to give an actual answer what they would do if they were doctors to save the patients and uh, <laughs> one of and one of the girls she was like I think she was like literally few days few weeks old into this and then she just was like okay I want to answer I was already having a bad day so I wasn't like looking forward to it and then she gave me the stupid answer which could have like actually killed the patient and then I just called her a fucking idiot oh. right in front of like 30 other people so damn but yeah. that that was enough for a lawsuit. Oh yeah, the, the mental anguish you you put on uh, her for calling her professional misconduct. Professional misconduct. But wouldn't you get that all the time at uh, back in India, perhaps with, uh, with teachers? Per- perhaps uh, in India, nobody gives a fuck. Yeah, I would give you that much. Like nobody gives a fuck about a patient because well, I, while I was also like doing a couple of postings in India, I was in the emergency room. And uh, the dean of emergency room, he came, he comes out and he was like, what's happening with you? You're just new and all this. And it's like, yeah. And then he just told me, like, if you want to learn anything, I don't mind for you to kill a patient. But, <laughs> but 
you shouldn't forget that for the rest of your life. You couldn't you shouldn't make that mistake for the rest of your life. That was his theory. Yeah. Like you could make that mistake and kill a person once. I mean, I'm not sure how well I did that, but I don't think I ever killed anyone. So, as far as you know. Okay. But as far as I know. Okay. Let's let's do that type of comparison though. I'm really curious like what what are the differences between like American hospitals and Indian hospitals that you work in or the education? Mm. Education wise I would say I would have still preferred to be to go to a med school in India. Uh-huh. Really? Yeah. I would. There's there's Why? so much because better work. I would not. So for example, in U.S. based schools, what they usually do is first two years you spend in a classroom. The next two years it's like you in a hospital. You're just shadowing a doctor and all this. But in in India, on the other hand, what happens is. Although you spend like a first two years mostly in the classrooms, you also have a hospital exposure to it. And then after the, when the third year begins, along with classes, you're also like a practicing like medical, like doctor student kind of thing. So you usually get your hands on on the patients and then you can, you will be able to like scrub in and, sh- and stuff. I also got to do that. I'm not, no offense. But then there's also this uh, part where like you will have a definite internship for a year in the end of your studies mm-hmm. and you'll be paid for that too and uh in the way so yeah, yeah this is okay so the but like in the american system you have to do that yourself right you have to try to get your, your yeah. internship i feel like, like you have to something. get your internship by yourself yes i mean i feel like you're spending more years i mean like what you're saying was like suiting up basically to go into the i mean into the room i feel like it, it takes a lot longer for a med student here to do to, do, to, to get that. into that, yeah. Uh, I mean, you're shadowing what the surgeon... You're doing the rotation program yeah, pro- here, right? rotation program is why I did, but... The thing is, also when you shadow, there's not like a lot of things that sometimes they teach you. Like, there is something about medicine that's like... Somebody can teach you for as long as they want, but... You just... Like, practicing is like a total different thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's easy to say, by textbook, this is what you do, this is what you do. But when you actually have like a knife in your hand, if in case you don't know how to cut, you're equal to a murderer. So, <laughs> hey, a murderer knows how that's to a, cut. That's a good point. I've been watching that Netflix show. <laughs> <My heart. laughs> this, this is just reminding me of House, though. Are you a fan of House at all? Oh, yeah. I'm a big fan of House. Yeah. I okay. also have like a little bit of like a postcard and like not a postcard. It's like a photo of like House with one of his best saints. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, nice. I so, just adore him. Is he big in India as well? Is the show big? Not really. No? Just Okay, so when you came over here. Hmm. Hmm. It was more like when I was in med school and everyone was talking about it and I'm like, shit. I need to get in it. So what's really interesting is I feel like that's been the parallel between American systems and everywhere else. Like, like for example, also. all the people who've come to for here from Europe, like, like let's say Charlie or... Mm-hmm. or yeah, other roommates order, other yeah. roommates right they came and they had an internship already like like an abroad or a year of internship already set by their school or by their company or by whatever it was like the structured thing already set inside their schooling as opposed to like here where you kind of like just have to have the connections or do the yeah. application or whatever where there it's like um like one of the french students that came here was like it was <coughs> mandatory that they spend an entire year within their like four years of business school uh, one year had to be out in the field and then half of that 
year had to be abroad. Yeah. So we kind of keep in our bubble in a sense, yeah. like right, most Americans do. But I guess what, what the question I had too is then knowing what what was like the the push to come over here then for the studies at that point? Is it just a bigger job market? I'm, no, I'm, it's just might not be that assuming. actually. It's, it would have been easier for me to just like, you know, go in India. Like if I finish my med school in India, I just needed to decide like whose practice I was supposed to take in my right. dad's or my mom's. Both of them have like said practices, but for me to there was this something because I actually never fancied me living in India. Uh, I, since I traveled a lot and I'd seen like world in different angles, and I just found out one thing in my travels like India is just not the place for me to live. Like no offense, it's a great country. I still love my country, but it's just not the place for me to live for my kind of mindset and what I'm doing. Like, you know, for example, now, if I'm just, like, grabbing a beer and having a talk with you guys, it's, like, it's totally fine over here, but, like, if in case I'm, like, back home, by this time, like, everyone would have, like, almost judged me, or they would really? even call me back, like, yeah, of course, man. Is this friends, or are we talking about family? Oh, or... family, like, even a random person on the street, and they don't <laughs> oh. judge you. Don't worry about that. What, you're not doing work or something, or what? Hmm. Just, uh, drinking is, like, a social stigma back home. Okay. Yeah. Almost the 90s. Uh, it's kind of changing now it's it's like everyone is like a closet drinker there they wouldn't want their family to families to know and stuff yeah. but that then mental health issues could develop when it's when it's hidden away that like that eh. I, I don't know. know we all we all have our problems regardless <laughs> of uh, yeah I would say that too but my but back to sorry I want to go back to the question but sure. you, since you've traveled traveled the world but yet you end up Chicago United Twice. States and so three what, times? Oh, it's my it's actually my second time. Second in time. I mean, I've in, traveled in and out of Chicago, but yeah. Was it was it just harder to get into the European Union with like what you wanted to do that like maybe provided no, you? No, not you, really. Like, uh, there was just one thing that was stopping me from getting into anywhere in Europe, except for like Britain. I mean, given the fact I'm Indian, I hate. <laughs> they took a lot out of from us. Like they get to give it back to us. So. There's a stigma no. there. Okay. Yeah, it's just not that. I I was I never liked it. So. <laughs> okay. I, I traveled there. I, I hate the Brits. I'm. I will say it. I'll it's anyway. record. I, I don't care. I can even say it to a Brit. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't had one here, have we? Have we had a British person? Here? Actually, we had a Scottish person. A Scottish person. Yeah. Who's a Scottish person? I don't know. Some. I think his name is Scott or something. Scott from Scotland. Scott from Scotland. <laughs> That's a good story. <laughs> but yeah. Okay. Apart from, yeah, Britain, anywhere I needed to move into European Union, I needed to learn their language. It's like... Yeah. It's so, just kind of hard. Like at that point in time where you have to be fluent in writing, reading, and comprehending a language, which I need to spend at least like a year. So, or more. So that, that was like the main barrier then at that point. Uh, I think it's also a barrier for anyone from the U.S. to move to European Union. Right. Because language is like a big thing back in there because as far as I've traveled, I could say one thing about Europe is if in case you don't know their language, it's pretty hard. Mm -hmm. Like, you know. Yeah. There's definitely a learning curve with that. Yeah. Like, you, feel you can't get around there, and yeah. people are not always helpful, especially the French, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I can see that. So then the language that you were 
Because I'm assuming in your like elementary schools you had English, right? Oh well, was... yeah, I studied my whole like from starting from elementary school till now. My studies have been in English. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So wait, were the Caribbean schools here just the English top classes, or they were? No, usually they are. Okay. Because uh, anywhere, the Caribbean also has their own language, less sure, Creole sure. or whatever it is. Yeah. So. But there's one thing about the Caribbean is like most of their system is always based on English. Okay. So yeah, except for a couple of no three or four of them, like the Dominican Republic, which is in Spanish, the Martinique, which is in uh, French. So that's also a part where like who ruled who, mm-hmm. that will also come a big thing in Caribbean. But yeah. So I mean, yeah, because I guess maybe that's why we get more, more of a foreign. Uh, student flux is just because you guys have been basically bilingual through classes and through school so that it's almost kind of comfortable going to the United States just because it's already a language that you're prepared to understand because really understanding a language is also like understanding a mindset too right because like knowing Spanish then you start if you start thinking in in Spanish or you start thinking well this would be actually a good question for you. Like, do you typically think, I'm assuming now you think in English more or less, but, <laughs> but when, when you're, when you're speaking in your home, my mother tongue. Yeah. Yeah. Is, do you feel like you act a different way or, a, uh, I kind would of a different say personality? now I would be acting a little bit different because it's been like a whole seven to eight years now. I'm like almost like going towards my eighth year. So it's been a long time since I've been away from home. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it just gets like really hard for me to just think in my own language and just say it in my own language. Like I still can like speak it fluently. I can do it every day too. But it's just like really hard at one point, I guess. Like you just don't think. Like given the fact or if in case you travel, like, you know, and you just go and land there and then someone is talking to you in your own mother tongue. Just for those first few days, it's like really hard for you to just, like you know. Yeah. You still need a little bit of English in there for me, and I'm pretty happy that, like most of India at least now speaks English by some chance. Yeah. No, what's interesting is um, people constantly say that I speak, or my voice is actually different in Spanish. And that's that's with you because you're also bilingual as well. So do you feel like you're? Oh, it's totally English now. But like when you're speaking in Spanish, does it seem? I, from what I've heard, I'm not coming from a, uh, ahead, a single know, linguist here, right, so I can't say ahead. I'm a... fact checkers here. Yeah, but what I heard is it's easier to like understand someone, but then for you to formulate the words to say it is the harder portion. Basically, well, you're, the speaking is the harder part, but listening... You're like, doing real-time you translating, right? So like it, it, when you're hearing it, you can literally... It's like Google Maps or Google Translate almost, right? It's coming in, you're... You can translate each individual word as it's coming in, right? Right. But on the flip side, you're thinking about a sentence, and you not only have to speak, think about how, what you're saying, but re- in real time, translate it and say it. And I'm not a multitasker, so <laughs> I get tripped up. Sure. Ooh. No, props to you guys. I mean, I think that's, that's key, because it starts making you think almost a little bit more logically in terms of speech. Uh, I, would think. I would also say one more thing is that some people have actually told me that I act different 
like my exactly. body language like totally changes when i speak my mother tongue when i'm like you know when i'm speaking in english because uh i don't know people just say that i'm more s- kind of like sophisticated on the side of english i don't know how but i think you're sophisticated regardless of that <laughs> yeah, have, have you ever used one like switched your language to try to get a girl Just my language like so let's say you're in India and then you're just like all right let me just speak some English over here try to be sophisticated or like the other side. oh no no oh, let me just speak some, uh, what you're saying. some yeah. Indian over here yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, really actually try to Every- woo them with your <laughs> beautiful English yeah oh no okay. I don't think that's a good what's idea. up homie yeah <laughs> <laughs> hey how you doing how you, uh, never how you doing <laughs> because uh They all speak English, no? Yeah. <laughs> That's a it's not pretty big cool. misconception now, but anyone from our generation is pretty much easy. They, like, they could speak English, like, easy-peasy. At least understand it for mm-hmm. most parts, yeah. Do you, do you ever get issues with people try, like struggling here when you're working, trying to understand you, or does that not really? Because honestly, I, can, I don't hear much of an accent, but I just didn't know if some people are like, Ah, you say? I mean, the thing is, was there a... before I moved into Chicago, I actually lived in Atlanta. So, oh. the South part is like really racist, regardless of whether I have the perfect accent or not. So, I'm perfectly fine with it. Now, I'm, I would say that that kind of trained me to take any kind of race, racial comments. But What were you doing in Atlanta? Uh, I was doing the same rotation thing. Oh, okay. So, I thought that would be a good thing to start over there because my sister was living there. Oh, okay. Can we, can we talk about actual, your, like what you've dealt with in terms of racism while you've been in the U.S. Yeah. As a guy who's come in, you know, like, what were your perceptions of America and then, like, you know, and then racism just being shoved into your face? Like, how did that feel? That was actually my first day in, uh, during my rotations. Mm-hmm. First day? Yeah. Story time. <laughs> uh, the thing was, uh, so that was my first day, so the only thing I was allowed was to shadow the doctor. Like, you know, just shadow the doctor, go into any room that he goes in, except for while he's been, I guess. But, uh, when I <laughs> went in, there was this one of this patient, right? She was African-American, nothing against, nothing like... So we were doing the history and stuff, and then I was like, I'm pretty okay until this point. I wasn't, asked, I wasn't asking any questions, but I came to the physical examination point, and uh, this woman was like, Right, I would just not strip in front of an Indian man. And I was like, all right, cool. Yep. I was like, what does it mean? <laughs> and then I read a case report and then she was like a stripper. So that's when I thought I was like, probably should have thrown like 10 bucks before she stripped. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that was the first day. Drink. Drink to <laughs> that, yeah. Okay. Well, what else though? Like, like I mean, what, did you get microaggressions? Did you get people like uh, saying shit behind yeah. your back? Saying shit behind my back is something else which I don't actually care about. Yeah. But microaggression is something that everyone goes through. Also, given the fact on, like, I work in medicine where, like, you know, everything, this is not like where in computers where you're just like, if in case one, go, one code goes wrong yeah. and then you just like, you know, the whole program, it's not working or something like that. But... For us, if one thing goes wrong, then we're talking about like life and death. So sometimes 
I've heard like people say it was like I don't know which part of the world you come from or I don't even know if they speak English but like, you know there's like there are a lot of racial slurs that they use I mean it's does, not even my but that moment. prevent you from doing your job and things like yeah, that I don't know I, kind of like... I think by this point in time like given your president I don't think it should be any crazy <laughs> so <laughs> when you were first like when you were first coming arriving here I guess what were your thoughts before you're like wait did you get to travel before you started okay actually US was my first country I traveled oh, okay. all by myself. I was seven or eight, I guess. I'm not sure. New York, right? No, oh, yeah, we New York. York. Oh no, DC. Oh, DC. My brother went to school with. I mean, my cousin brother went to school with. And what? And what do you think of it? During the time. Oh, I mean, I was too young to You're think of anything. Young, really. but yeah, but did it leave any kind of impression? Like. Well, no, I wouldn't say it left me any kind of impression or anything. I thought it was fun. It was fun. I had a good time. I was a little kid. I don't think I would have understood racism regardless. Yeah. So no one does. No. I still don't. <laughs> no one does. <laughs> yeah, but I would yeah. say when I was grown up and I was just coming into US for the first time, it was fine according to me. I mean, I know that I'm gonna be thrown at something. Where it's just not supposed to be like that, but it's fine. I think everyone will just get used to it at one point. And then, and I'm at that point where I don't just give a fuck anymore. Yeah. And so then you went from Atlanta to here. Is that? No, uh, DC. DC, and then here. Yeah. DC to here. That was the first time you came to the house, right? Just, yeah. First uh, time to Chicago. I actually too? lived in not exactly the south part of Chicago, but like the start of the south for like a good two months. Until one guy tried to mug me, and then I was like, "I'm done with this shit." <laughs> Sounds familiar. Uh, I did the same thing too. I mean, I had two bullet holes in the back of my car, so it's like time to, time for a little bit of change. What uh, what was the group that you came in with? Hmm? I forget who was the group. What did you come in with? Angel and, and no, I uh, my first uh, group that I was here was with um, Justin, Soji. Uh, Nora, yeah, yeah. Anna. Yeah, yeah, that group. Yeah. And what, what were the first few days in the house? You remember them? Uh, I pretty much, yes. Uh, because I was off for the first week that I was here in the house. and um, Still drinking? Yeah. I, no, I actually used to be like a heavy drinker before the... Okay. Like, I used to drink until like 3 and at 5 I used to wake up for a surgery. So, which made it so... Alright, don't do it. I don't, wow. I don't know how you can possibly do that. Yeah. That was just a few times, but yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm glad I got over it, but yeah. But that was the time uh, when I just moved in and I don't know how to actually approach people because I never seen like a whole house filled with just foreigners before. And the only two... Caribbean wasn't like that? Yeah, were you just in oh, like dorms? I mean, uh, at least I had like people that... I that speak that spoke my own language there, like you know, so I could you speak, click. yeah, I could have like spoken to them or anything as such. But okay. oh. we just had fun. That was a, that was a fun summer. Mm, it was okay. It was okay, but it was too much drama. Was there like one or two people that? Oh, because you... you were. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, there's a story behind that. Go ahead. Uh, if you want to talk about it, can but. No, there was there was like. That that I think that summer was interesting because that was the first actual year that we were doing Francis House like this, where we actually had like a, a large set of people from different places. 
uh, the previous year we were, it was still Americans and it was still like oh. like like people that were older that were just kind of here here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that was the first time. It was interesting. Definitely a learning curve. So you're like a founder. You're like one of the founders of this place, then, Vic. I'm good. One, one of the longest living persons in the house. Yeah, I would say with the amount of yeah. It is a nice. I would say yes, indeed, it is actually a nice place for you to meet people, especially you if you're moving into like Chicago for the first time. I don't think this place is a bad idea because you get to see a lot of people either who are just new to this place or even new to this country, and you get to know about their cultures. You get to know what like people actually like, uh, like and don't like, like, and it also gives you like a feeling of a community rather than just like oh I'm just like a roommate with this person. Right. So were there certain people that like you gravitated towards like in the beginning? Couple friends. Uh, I mean, I think when I was first moved, when I first moved in, it was uh, I think it was Sergi. And Anna, these two were the one of the first person that I've spoken to. And they were really nice and they took me, They we all went out. They took me out and stuff, which was fun. And where, where, where were they from? Sergi was, was from Spain, Anna was from Romania. Was he from okay. Spain or was he from Catalonia? Catalonia, yeah, but I don't know if it's still... still uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to go into that part yet. Yeah. And this is where part where we get where we start we'll talking find about out territories. In the future. Yeah, we'll find out if next episode returns. we yeah, do Israel episode. and Palestine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a bad idea. <laughs> right, okay, and I remember at the very end, like you actually like before you left, you actually asked like Edgar, like, "Hey, can you reserve a room by like I'll come back in a couple months?" And so, like, what, uh, what was your thinking on that? Because I was actually pretty surprised. Like, oh, he's cut, you're coming back. Uh, because the thing was, when I was leaving for the first time, I actually didn't know when I was supposed to stay mm-hmm. but uh, there was some issues with my school that they couldn't just schedule me an exam for me to get my certificate like you know my di- my diploma so and I was like alright and then I had to stay there for longer and I just decided it'll be a nice idea for me to travel for a bit so I flew back home and then, then I went to Philippines this when you did your motorcycle ride? I mean, I do that everywhere I go, so, yeah. And, but what, and that leads to another whole question of the, uh, the motorcycle aspect of your life about uh, the accident. And how, how long ago was that, by the way? Uh, we're talking about like a good eight to nine years now. Nine years? What, what is this accident? You don't know about it? No, I don't know about it. Oh. Yeah, um, you had an accident. I mean, he's had... I, know, I, I, had had them. I had a bunch yeah. of them. I had a bunch of them. I know you like motorcycles and you ride them. And you said something about doing a wheelie or some shit on a mountain. <laughs> Whatever. And that's not the stupidest what thing I've ever done till now, I guess. Kind of, he's kind of a big deal. All right, no, what, what happened? So, well, I had a street bike when I was actually, when I was in my 10th grade. <laughs> and uh, so I used to smoke that time. What? And my cousin was there, and then he was like, "Dude, let's go for a smoke." And I was like, "I don't, I don't care. Let's do whatever." And then uh, he was like, he wanted to drive my motorcycle. So we go, we have a smoke, and on the way back, I was like, "All right, there you go. You can drive." He was driving fine, and it was like a single way traffic. And this guy wanted to overtake this one bus that was moving way too slow for him. And on the other side, there was like a truck on 
and he didn't he couldn't see that because he was on the other end of the bus and then when he went and he was like starting to cruise down that's when he saw the truck and then it was around i think it was 60 miles an hour and then he just panicked and hit both the brakes and the vehicle just toppled and threw me out of it I landed face face and yeah you still look like that huh you still look like that oh, no it, it took a good <laughs> amount of surgery for me to look like this but no wow. uh, i landed face first and then i just had a blackout then a couple of days later i woke up in a hospital and then i saw i was in that pretty i would say at least wow <laughs> then yeah i had like a shattered patella that had to and they had to put like a metal plate in there then i slipped like a couple of discs in my spinal cord then i had to go through like a reconstruction surgery so did that ever did that impact you on maybe wanting to go into medical in the field Actually, or was that was kind of only one point that would have like pushed me towards like going into medical was like the amount of money it costed me to get my face redone that was pretty nice because you my... said money is like a big factor in you becoming a doctor and where you where you want to go right uh, it is also it is a big factor too because uh, <clears throat> in the end if in case you ask anyone why they work in there like for money And anyone i would say any doctor was just saying oh no i'm going to like you know save poor people and blah 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 I'm like fuck now like regardless you need money first to serve anyone like to even serve your own family you need like money so that's just a bullshit answer that people give us like oh no i'm just going to save people blah 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 never works bro serving people always comes after they make money so bugget wasn't fucking donating this money before he made it Only when he became like a billionaire, it's like, hey, I don't know what to what do about, with this money. What about those that do like Doctors Without Borders or programs like that, right? That they go out and yeah. What's the appe- what is the appeal to that? Is that first of all even appealing to you? Mm, the travel part is appealing to me, but apart from that, I wouldn't. I, I think that's a lot of people. I mean, we have like engineers without borders or whatever, which is kind yeah. of the same thing. But I think a lot of people do it. It is the traveling aspect that. Oh, uh, it is the traveling aspect. Some of them they just want to like you know see the world in different places and how. Sure. like you know most of the people where they go is if in case there's like an earthquake blah 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 and they need help or to africa where there's like a huge thing yeah it's like more towards like a rescue thing than anything else i would say that much mm. like i i mean they're doing something that is really great i totally support it mm. but if any, any chance i would get to do it i wouldn't say no to it also but i don't know I don't think so, it's just the right thing for wait, me. Wait, but but then you're saying that most people are like whoever's saying they want to do it for human causes is straight bullshit because you need the money to do all this stuff, right? Other people go straight into those programs, right? Uh and ideally like those people shouldn't need to have the money to support themselves or support all these people around them, right? They're not doing it for the money, they're doing it for that that emotional so what they have inside. Uh, and so what I'm wondering is Do you I mean like I don't think do you really, have that? Yeah, I, no, I I don't <laughs> think that like generally you don't have to support anyone, right? Generally you don't need to support anyone. That is one thing. But I would also say is for example, even I'm also like a part of this thing in Africa where if in case something happens or if there is if there is anything then I would just go there and like do some social work and stuff. I can do it yes of course mm-hmm. but how long can you just expect yourself to do it even all these people who do like doctors without borders and stuff Eventually. they can probably do it until like they're 
because it fancies all the travel it also like you know you also have this humanitarian part of it but when you actually thinking about like starting a family or even like getting settled anywhere you need a proper job you need money to actually settle down like you can convince yourself convince so, yourself so you're saying it's a short term <clears throat> thing and long term everyone just long term like, everyone will need it for example yeah, if in case you make point, enough yeah. money to just go out and then do it that's a total different thing because then you actually have the money to help people but until you're 30 you just it's fine but after that what are you going to do so you you can't just keep doing this for right. that's what i'm saying no, that makes at sense. one point you need to settle down and you need to have something to start your life together so i mean we we do have this concept of the american dream what is the dream in india is there is there a <laughs> the indian dream is there something similar as well actually no what uh, what would be the ideal i guess scenario in in your mind in oh, india or maybe I mean, for your friends i or? think you guys would have heard it like a joke like for asians it's either you're like a doctor lawyer or an engineer or a disgrace to the family it is actually true <laughs> It's actually true. I can tell you that much. Because if you take my family, the whole one, like all my cousins of my age or at least like 10 years older to me, I would say all of them are either engineers, I'm the only doctor apparently. But all of them are just engineers. Like there's no one else. It's like they do anything or the other. Like you know, I don't I can't name one person in my family that was like oh you know what i love hotel management i'm going to go and do that or i was like hey you know what i loved arts i'm going to just like do arts as like my bachelor's and then move on with it no but are there those kind of choices in in your school like in the high uh, schools or the like college that. uh it's just uh <clears throat> i think for our generation it all started with engineers was uh when the IT field was just really big because mm-hmm. it was like the early 2000s mm-hmm. that's when like the when um, most of the multinational companies when they saw there's a huge amount of like indian engineers out there and they would do a job as long as you give them a little bit of salary high mm-hmm. and when these guys came and they were making like they were born in money for up to one point or at least according to indian standards like you know i'm not mentioning according to american standards So everyone who saw that they just thought like okay I just need to be an engineer or do something with computers or IT and then I'll make it big. Until it was like 2007 or 8 when actually even America faced like a downfall in that sector and they sent like so many people back right. home. Yeah. So until then it was fine but the stigma actually stuck in people's head like once you become like an engineer or a doctor you would just be rich. you made it yeah you made it yeah it's like it's interesting what's interesting is it's the same way here about like architects because in general uh, architects don't make too much money true well for, for yeah. the first like like couple decades you don't make money yeah i mean unless you're really getting into a like a high-end firm or something like high-end that or you're, you're starting a, your own a niche kind of group that. yeah no that's true you could say that about a couple industries too mm-hmm. you know um but like what i was referring to is like the american dream of just living in the suburbs with the white picket fence and the the house well, so with two that kids was, and stuff like that. That's the Indian like dream, right? And so then that's uh, and then so this is the American. So like what was the American dream and, to you when you were in India? But that's going to be even different from you Zan just cuz like me as the generic white person of the group. <laughs> I that like that's what I came from like from a little small town with you know farmland and me as the generic 20,000 people. <laughs> 
you as a generic uh, half coming, Hispanic, half coming from uh, no, well, Middle Eastern. No, the generic coming from from uh, immigrant parents. Oh, it's literally like there's there's yeah. really only one American dream for for that group or two of them, right? You either become it's, to become it's making like it, the it's generic making it. white person. That's what it means. So like, that's what I'm saying. Sounds that's good to what you it guys. all means. It's like you know, become the generic white person, have a beautiful house in the suburbs, and like you know, yeah, hang yeah. out with white folks and play golf. And is that appealing to both of you guys? Oh, not really. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> not a big fan no. of those. <laughs> not a big fan of golf. No, so, right. no. more of a pool player. Right. Okay. That was, that was. I mean, I was just curious if if everyone, because a lot of people I just meet in the city do not definitely don't have that. That's not a like, favorable you, direction yeah. in their life, and so I mean, but what were you saying about making it in terms of? I'm get. I'm assuming just. Once you make that job, then you're getting the income needed to. Uh, I mean, be that was a, up to like just one point. Deal. But after, <clears throat> so given the fact that there's so many people, they really wanted to like you know go into engineering, just because they would be rich. So there was also like this increasing amount of like engineering colleges all throughout India. Mm-hmm. Up to like one point it was where there is like literally 1.5 to 2 million engineering graduates that graduate every single year, just from India. Uh, engineers have a lot of problems. A, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you have a ton of med students as well, though, right? Like, not what, as would much. You, not no? as much. No. Not as much as compared to engineering. Okay. Because it's like it's two million engineering graduates a year. That's what we are talking about. Probably, not even like ten percent get jobs. Really? Yeah. So then, and, then do they come here then, or do they they go? Uh, some of them the actually well, come here to do their masters over here. So, and uh, make it more competitive. Make it more competitive, or at least like make it into some job over here. But I don't know. It's just like a, I think it's just a stigma that's stuck with Indians, and I think it will really change uh, at least in my generation. Just like because people started seeing it because if you are going to be there's going to be so many amount of people jobless, then there's actually nothing that you can make out of it. Yeah. So was it? Sorry, was it just like your generation? You think that had the stigma, was and or was it like your parents mm. as well that had it? Does this, does this go back a couple generations? You think it's always the same. I, I think I don't know. I can't speak, but there's this one thing that I could actually fancy is like my dad telling me that I would be like a doctor or an engineer, mm. like you know, I was young. Although he favored me to be a doctor, for the most part. But you said you wanted to be an engineer at one point. At one point, yes, uh, that was my actual field of interest. <clears throat> Apart from like all my other things, so all I did till now, my engineering was my field of interest till now. What was the switch then? Oh, uh, given like my dad gave me an option and told me that you can leave the country and you can do what you want, and um, he just gave me an opinion because I, that was the time that I was like still into raising. Then few accidents and I couldn't do anything anymore in that field. And I was broken. I was like, okay, I'll just do engineering or something. Then my dad said, it's not actually a bad field. And I had a little bit of exposure to it because both, both of my parents. So yeah. I just thought it wouldn't be a bad idea for me to just leave my country and start it over. I don't think it was for a bad medical idea. Yeah. So what he did is he said... Hey, you have the option to be kind of away from from here, 
go to this medical school and and it you're more attracted to the freedom or the opportunity than I mean yeah that sounds pretty enticing you can move the, to another country and I mean, come on. Mean, you mean I mean that. Yeah, that I mean it's uh, amazing. It's not like that. Sold. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sold. According to me, when I was like eighteen, and then I was just all I wanted to do is like you know I wanted to be myself. I wanted to make my own thing. I mean, I did have financial support from my family. I'm not saying no to it, but when I moved in, and I think I found out a lot more than what I was before. So. Hey, I think that, that that's not like a bad deal and here I am here today at this point of time is because of like what I did. It's like paying for me is like something else, but actually doing it like you know, it takes way more than that. So right. Yeah. I don't think I've done injustice to my profession until now. What are you th- oh, What are we at for the time by the way? Oh yeah. What does it say on the left? On the left? Yeah. Where? Fourteen thirty two. Check that one. Forty seven. Forty seven minutes? Yeah. No. That's pretty much what we wanted. You wanna keep you got other questions? Alright. We don't wanna let you you gave a little nugget though. I feel like we can do a part two with Vic because there's so much to talk about. You know what I mean? (laughs) We can definitely go for an hour and a half with Vic. Okay, then I get to be selfish and I get to ask. Yeah, you do. This is his go. last day. So. What, is, what is what is this whole racing thing? I feel like we've talked about this at drunk at some point. But I don't uh, know. Oh man, it was what is just racing past. Like for example, when you were small, you know, you would just have this huge thing to be something. Like you know, you wanted to be a pilot when you were really young because it just sounded so cool to fly a plane. Okay. But for me, uh, my dad was really into like exports and shit. So when he used to watch it as a kid, when I was watching it, I found it really cool with all these guys like flying on dirt bikes, you know, on these ramps and shit. And then uh, <laughs> I was like, ah, sounds cool and all those. And I started driving at a real young age. I was able to ride a motorcycle when I was like 11. Yeah. And then I started driving a car when I was like 12 and uh, when I was, excuse me, when I was 12 and a half, there was this... Uh, card raising thing that was happening so it was just like basically a college like raising that's the major thing in Switzerland so that college came to India to search for like young drivers actually that's how it started my friend was going for it and he was like do you have something to do and I was "Mm, no bro I'm just chilling at home then I just went with him and then I drove and I actually qualified on like the top 10 list so i moved on to the Wait, next this is your year. first race yeah you qualified on a top 10 and because list it was like race? it was not like raising you're not raising against people you're raising against timing the timing okay. yeah so that's how they first start to grade you right and then a few more races into and uh, actually didn't make it past the third round and uh, another company saw me and they were like actually we want to sponsor you to drive for us Wow. And uh, I was like, okay. And then I had to go to classes <laughs> for shit. And like a whole summer it I took out like, of my okay. life. <laughs> it took out like a whole summer out of my life. Hey, they decided to pay me too. That's not the worst summer. No, yeah, they decided like to pay me. Awesome I, no, I was making ball. I was like balling at one point because there was these shows that happened. Because that was the time when like Porsche was like coming into India. 
and uh, my company had a tie up with them and then they were like oh you know what we would like actually want like people to see how fast these cars are so they just like let like a 16 year old it was like four of us behind like $100,000 cars just like race the shit out of it in a in a track which wasn't a bad idea we considered pictures. interns. Is that what? Is that what? That's, a, that's, job a, that's, is? A, that's, that's the best intern job I've ever heard. Yeah, uh, uh, I was having fun, and yeah. I made so much money. Like I could like pay so much out of my school too. I gave like almost thirty percent of my school. Then I took off like twenty percent of my living charges. So basically, I made a huge, huge amount of money, and I still have some leftovers with it, which is good. Wow, that's lasted you a ways. Hmm. That's lasted you a ways. It lasted Natural. me pretty long. So, I wouldn't say no to it. you have videos? Pictures? I have pictures in my laptop, I guess. I don't know. Autographs? Autographs. Can we get your autograph? For <laughs> Can we get your autograph? <laughs> no, man. I don't... I think, like, by now, there should be, like, way more... People who are, like, way more talented, like, faster than I was ever should be there because it's, like, an evolving field. Right. And uh, and I'm assuming after the accident, that's kind of when you stopped. I didn't stop, but <laughs> actually, no. I was forced to stop. Oh. <laughs> it wasn't like I wanted to stop because uh, they were like, so we had to go through like a bunch of tests every year for us to either to move into the next level of racing or something. So when I was like trying on planning on like, qualifying for F four. That's when I had my test and the insurance company was like, they told me fragile. I was like, dude, one more accident, you're back in your back of a wheelchair for the rest of your life. I don't think I want to pay you that. And none of the insurance companies was ready to pay me or sponsor me. So they had to actually fire me. So you could have had a wheelchair, Vicky, right now. Are you, uh, are you still feeling the pain from it? I mean, I have my backache from it, but I think I just get used to it by this point. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good. Back pain's never fun. Come from a tall, skinny guy. You get that lower back pain. It's it's a, a small agony you have to live with every day, so. And it's not anyway. the most comfortable seat you want to sit in. No. And not even the one you're sitting in right now might not be yeah, the exactly. most comfortable seat right now. <laughs> But yeah, but yeah, it's a fun thing to do when you're young, I guess. But I think it's all up to a point when you grow up. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that that must have been an interesting transition for you too, just going from that type of lifestyle to then, okay, now what? I mean, I yeah. don't think I still left it behind. I I still do it. That uh, I mean, not oh, on tracks, great. but on like actual roads now. So. Oh, that's good. No, it's not. It's not fun for the other person. That, you gotta keep that passion. Like, right, it's happens like, to a person who like just like bolts it down a freeway. <clears throat> you get on a highway, you just go fast. I've done that. Yeah. You never thought about getting a bike here? No, motorcycles over here in the U.S. No. Why is that? Huh? I thought I actually want to. That's the first thing that I want to buy with the money that I'm gonna make. So I would still leave that part alone. Like I actually want uh, to get a like a reward. Yeah, it's like me like feeding myself with something. <laughs> yeah, it's like a bribe for me to just so do this profession. That's good. Yeah, something to work towards. What would be the bike? Is there one that you already had in mind? 
Nah, is it a sports bike? Or is well, it a no, Harley no, Davidson no, no. kind of? No, I, I can't I imagine need... him on a Harley Davidson. I I'm not too sure yet, but I don't know. Any kind of like, I think R1 sounds good now. Yeah, my R1. Nope. They go so, fast. They're okay, they go very fast. I'll, I'll take your word for it. It's a, it's a street bike. Okay, it's a street bike. Yeah. Okay. Well, I hope he gets it. Do, you, do we have anything on that list that we forgot no. to talk about? We hit everything. Oh. We, we hit everything. And I feel like there's, there's more. Boy. There is. Wait, I want to actually ask you both now. Okay. You want more about the house? How about, what are your lasting uh, last few moments? Well, yeah, let's go do that. through let's that. Do that. Yeah, let's How do about... some closing uh, all right, all right. comments with it. So, you. you You've never really actually like like we asked you a bunch of times we debated the question, but like like in all honesty, what do you feel when you were first coming to, to Chicago when you were kind of like starting your residency and all that stuff and rotations? I mean, it was uh, I knew that it was gonna be a new experience for me for sure because uh, uh, this probably will be the coldest place I ever lived in, <laughs> yeah. and when I moved in, it was like I think. The date I moved in was Jan 6th for the first time. So I moved in during winter. Yeah. And I didn't know how to get around the city. I didn't know shit. Man, it was the first few months of my life. And living, given the fact of me living in the south, it didn't make it any better. But I would say this city is also one of the most beautiful cities I've lived in. I've done a lot and the city has taught me a lot. And You've uh, been here for, I think, collectively a year two, and a half, two years? Two years, yeah. Two years? Yes, sir. It is a great city to actually live in. Will I live in the city forever? No. But Are you coming back? I, I hope. TBA, I guess. Yeah. I, I am to. actually coming back over to the city in two months, but I'm just not sure how long I will live here or whether I would even like live here for long. Like for a job or something? Yeah, I wouldn't mind actually taking a job in this city. Oh, okay. Yeah, wouldn't be a bad idea. Okay. So the, you know, as it's coming to be your last couple days here, I guess, mm -hmm. is there any, anything that you wanted to do you didn't get a chance to do? Well, that, that I think be... you got to pretty much do everything. <laughs> I don't right? think there's a lot of things I actually wanted. I said something. Thing. Someone, but uh, yeah, something. An activity. An activity. A place. Hey, they two are like thinking about something like really sexual over there now. Yeah. yeah, I let him into that. But y'all, y'all, uh, audience, please. We're we're here with a live audience. People and we're get a little rowdy sometimes. <laughs> I think the. Only thing, I I don't think I want to try something new. Actually, I just want to try something that I've been doing for like a while. Because I can obviously try something new when I come back or when I go elsewhere, but yeah. I'm not going to get to do the same thing that I, I've been doing for a while. So what's the, what's the thing? I mean, what's that thing? What, what do you want to do? I mean, we're going to a bar in another... <laughs> as soon as this is done. <laughs> yeah, so we basically got to like, play a couple more games and then get to a bar. <laughs>